And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Hello and welcome into the Non-Negotiables podcast. I'm Gavin and I'm here tonight with Pascal. How you doing, Paz? I'm good. What's up, Gav? Ah, been a been a good week in Arsenal world. Um, sorry for the lack of content over the last week. We've literally all been away. Uh, Justin is uh, loafing around Europe on his way on his way back soon. Um, I was in North Carolina at the University of North Carolina football game for. I was in there for five days, lived on chicken wings and beer. So I've been uh, just trying to recover from that. Pass, what were you up to? Um, I was in Mexico, actually. I was in, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, I went to see Chichen Itza. You're going to you're gonna have to explain that a little bit more for me because I have no clue what you're talking about. One of the seventh wonders. Oh, basically. okay. All right. Oh, the, um, the Inca thing? And not uh, not Inca. Inca, that's Peru. Uh, it's the, um, no, it's Mayan, actually. Oh, on the Mayans. Nice. Which were the rivals of the Aztecs, basically. Was it good? Yeah. You have a good uh, time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good, man. Very good. Excellent. All very good. Excellent. Well, did you catch any of the games there? Because I caught the second half of the Chelsea game in a parking lot watching on my mobile, um, which was obviously great fun. And I caught the... I was driving home during the uh, during the win out in uh, Sevilla. And I got that on the radio, which is fantastic. I haven't listened to a game on the radio since the Jonathan Pierce Capital Gold days. So that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was good. That was good stuff. Did you, do you catch the game? I've watched them since, but um, did you catch the game? Yeah, I actually found, um, I found a uh, pub to watch the uh, Chelsea game. Um, so I watched that one and I saw most of the Sevilla through a feed on the plane. Um no. I missed some parts of it, but but both games, more or less, I caught. It's crazy, isn't it? I remember being away. I, I, quite a few seasons, I missed the first game of the season because you know when you're when you're young, you have to do what your mum and dad want, right? So mm. we always used to we always used to come to America for a few weeks at the end of the summer, and a lot of time I would miss the first game of the season if we were at home. And the only way for me to find out what went on would be to phone home. So my dad would get furious because I'd be on the phone for ten minutes with my granddad while he was uh, giving me a rundown of what happened in the game. And in the meantime, it's costing my dad like $2 a minute to, to get the report. And now you can watch the damn thing on a plane. Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy how things um, things have changed, right? Um, and uh, I I prefer that. I don't know. I prefer being in control of watching a match than going to see the score at the end of it. I don't know. For some reason, I just feel it jinxes it when I watch it. When I see the score at the end, I have this awful feeling that I'm going to see a defeat. But when I watch it, I don't know. I just feel like I've got a bit more control over it. It's all a mental thing. But it's um. But it was pretty good. I mean, the feed, I, I had to do it on on X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, Just going through, you know, when they, they refresh. Yeah. yeah. So... I missed a few things, but I was able to get most of it, which was good because it makes the trip a lot quicker as well. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, like I said, it was it was a pretty good week, really. Um, I know the Chelsea result felt disappointing at the end for a couple of reasons. First off, we obviously didn't play very well. Um, secondly, having come back into it, 
I really thought we were going to win it. And I think we probably should have won it. Mm. Um, and thirdly, just giving them anything is just, it, it just grinds my gears. Yeah, it was, um, look, when you look at it in isolation, 2 twos pretty good. Um, getting a draw there, but there is a side of me that's like, well, we've got a good record there over the last few seasons and we're by far a better team. We're a more established team. Um, I, I think it was a game where we had a, we had the quality and we just didn't really go there and play a fluid match. It was, we were very disjointed. Our passing was horrendous in the first half. I, I don't, I, I, I can't remember us seeing such, disjointed passing for a long long time um so we we were just quite fortunate that they don't have the capacity to punish us effectively um and that's probably case in point by the two goals they scored one was a penalty and one was just a fluke so um we were we were fortunate in that sense because I think the Chelsea of old and I'm going you know way back probably would have punished us a lot more effectively than they did um so, yeah, I, I, I was disappointed coming out of that game in the sense that we we really were, we are a better team than they are. But then there was a side of me which was relieved that we didn't lose because we were that bad. We really deserved to lose that game. Sounds funny, but the, the way we played, our performance deserved to lose it. But um, but we showed something to get back in. Yeah, we were, we were, we were very poor, but I don't think they were particularly good either. I mean, they picked a side that ran a lot right that was their thing they ran a lot I, I thought um I thought Arteta picked the wrong team um you know and you know me I always think it's the wrong team when Jorginho's in it so I will hold my hands up to that yeah but I thought for a game on a wet pitch that was pretty slow um against a side that basically just run I mean they played Conor Gallagher in a 10 for no other reason than to get around Jorginho and the funny thing is, is that we did the same thing to Jorginho a few years ago. Under Was it under Emery when uh, Ramsey sat on Jorginho and we completely destroyed him? Um, because Jorginho is not, not good at that. And mm. I, I think that, so I thought the team he put out was, was wrong. Um, I will give him credit for changing it. He made the subs that needed to be made, which, which obviously helped. Um, and like you said, their two goals were, I mean, they were what they were. The penalty, I've heard a lot of stuff about this. To me, that is a penalty. I understand you can't get your arms out of the way of it. Um, I understand it's not intentional. But I think when you make your body big like that, whether you're intending to or not, and the ball hits your arm, I think that's got to be a penalty, right? Like, would you want it if it was at the other end? Um, I, I think uh, when you look at it, and the handball rule, if you go by what the rules of the game is, it it, it is a penalty. Um, I do feel it's a harsh penalty anyway, even if you are going by the rules of the game, because... I, I know, think it's harsh. But I what's agree, I think it's harsh, but I think it is a penalty at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I just find it a little bit... Um, handball's very difficult to to judge because they say it's an unnatural position. Well, what else are you going to do when he's leaping in the air? So I, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it was a penalty. I didn't have too much complaints about that. Um, I, I just, yes, Chelsea weren't spectacular at all, but they were at least stringing passes together. We weren't even able to do that. And that, that was what was infuriating. We were making stupid, stupid errors and our passing was totally off. 
which and, is and not it was what all over the, it was all over the pitch too i mean you had zinchenko uh, rice and Jorginho, who are usually three mm. of the most like like successful you know they they all are over 90% with their successful passes usually and yeah. in this game they were they were all giving it away. i mean even even Decker's, who ended up being a being the man of the match and dragging us back mm. into it but even he was giving it away and odegaard uh, yeah, raya I wonder if the pitch had something to do with this as well. I mean, I thought Chelsea, you know, we've talked a lot over the last few weeks about how good Mikel's game planning has been, right, coming into mm. these games. And I think you have to credit Pochettino a little bit here because I thought he got it spot on. Um, you know, going with the false nine, which means you don't have to play Nico Jackson, which I think is always a bonus if you haven't got to play Nico Jackson. Uh, mm. But he was, you know, he went, he went with that. He went to more get around pivot of us and to try and get in and amongst us and on a night where the weather was like it was I, I thought Pochettino to be fair to him got it absolutely spot on whereas we got it absolutely wrong from the start yeah yeah you could possibly you could credit him um on that uh I I I don't know about Jorginho to be honest I I feel I can understand it um party is it, never there well, I, I wouldn't I, have played think, party. I would have played Havertz. I would have played yeah, Hazards for the physicality I, and I, for the running, and I would have I, played Declan Rice in his best position. Maybe, but I, I just think that we have a real problem with this number, this number eight position. I think it's a real issue for us, and we're not able to because he's brought Havertz in primarily to be that number eight. It's not working. Hence, the fact he's on the bench now quite regularly. Vieira wasn't even in the squad. Uh, ESR, we know there's something going on there. So uh, it's a big problem for me. So I can get why Jorginho comes in on these away games because he wants a bit of control in the midfield. Uh, he wants someone to settle the pace. Yes, he's not fast. And yes, he's not the alter- he's not the player I'd want to see on a regular basis. But the unfortunate thing is, is that for me, Party is probably the best option we have currently at the moment especially away from home or and especially we don't have <laughs> yeah but that that's the problem so who's your equivalent to party it's Jorginho isn't it and I, I think Harvard's is not it seems to me that Harvard's is working better as a nine um as we saw against the uh, city when he came on I just don't see it as an eight and I think we have a real issue there it's a big big problem and a shaka was always going to be you know big boots to fill because of the last season he had in particular. But, but I, I think we just located, for me, it, at this moment in time, we've located the wrong player for that position. Um, I find it hard to disagree with that, Paz. And I think we went yeah. into the summer with midfield being the biggest question, right? It being the position that we really need to fill. And I think we're going to go into next summer with exactly the same question. Yeah, because we haven't it's a done. problem. It is a problem. It is a problem. And you 65 know, million less. Yeah, well, there's a lot of talk out there about Ivan Tony, about Victor Osserman and all this stuff. Mm. Mate, uh, unless we'll come on to this later, we've got a little bit of a problem with Gabriel Jesus being able to get on the field too. Yeah. Um, but but for me, the biggest problem with everyone was was fit. He's still that he's still that midfield area. So I'm, I make. I agree. Um, but you know, Declan Rice plays that position pretty well. I don't think it's his best position. I, I think that right now you can argue it's the it's the position that he gives the most to the team. Mm. Um, but let's talk about that goal, Paz, because it's a bad clearance from the goalkeeper, but what a finish that is. He bends it around the defender 
into that far corner. That is an absolutely super finish. And that is a, that's just a, that's a big player. That's a big player in a big moment doing big things. Absolutely. And it's not the first time we've seen him in a big game, do something uh, that that's a really difficult goal to score. I know the goal's gaping, um, but to the way he curved it in as well, it was beautifully struck. And it was actually at a perfect time for us because we were, we were two nil down at that point. Um, it looked like we were finished. There was like what, 13 minutes left. And then he, he absolutely, it was just immaculately struck and it was beautiful, beautifully put away. Um, and it's punishing a mistake that their goalkeeper made, who also was very, very average. Yeah, for sure. And the second goal, um, it was a beautiful cross from Bukayo. He hadn't had the, he hadn't yeah. had the greatest game, but this is why he stays on for every minute yeah. of every game because he literally scores or assists in every game. Um, it was a beautiful cross to the back post. And you don't want to sleep on that finish by Trossard because I, I tell you what, he made that look easy. That wasn't easy. To keep that ball down with that touch into the corner the way he did it on the volley whilst, whilst on the slide, that is mm. some technique to be able to do that. It is. It is. And also, you could... Um, have one eye on the goalkeeper anticipating him to come out, which could also put you off in terms of how you finish that ball. Luckily, the goalkeeper was pretty crap, so he didn't come out when really should have. Um, but Trosser kept his eye on the ball every bit of that move. And yeah, it was beautifully put away. It, it, he, it, you're right. It, it looks like it's easy because it's close, but it's not at all. It no, is not an easy No, spot. it's not. Um, and then another difficult chance... Right at the end was Eddie, um, who did absolutely brilliantly to muscle his way through on the yeah. right-hand side there and and just get a shot away because he didn't look like he had any right to even get a shot away. And he got it away towards that far corner. And, mate, I was watching it on a 5.7-inch screen with a sun baiting down on my back after about 12 beers and uh, 24 <laughs> chicken wings. And I thought it was in. And uh, I let out a shout that had uh, a whole college football parking lot wondering what the hell was going on yeah it was it, it was it was one of those that if he'd gone in would have been not on the levels of the Kanu comeback um but it would be one hell of a comeback from especially because we did not play well um but um yeah he was inches and I think the keeper was beaten actually yeah if absolutely. he had got that on target I think he was beaten Hundred percent, he was beaten. He weren't getting. He weren't getting anywhere near that. It was. It. I. I thought it was in. He was. I thought Eddie mm. was really unlucky to see that go wide, and it was a real shame. But like we said before, I don't think a draw is a bad result. Looking. Looking back, um, I mean, I was frustrated at full time. Although I was also, like you said, relieved. You know, whenever you're two yeah. down and you come back, you're you're relieved. So, I thought that was. It was actually not a bad. Not a bad result for us. I was hoping for more, but it it could have been far worse. Um, and then we get on to the away game in Sevilla on Tuesday night after playing on an energy sapping pitch. Going into Sevilla, it wasn't a must win as such. I think we could have taken a point out there and still been still been fine. Um, mm. But this certainly puts us in control of the group now. Obviously, the a draw in the other game is fantastic that they just keep drawing all the other games in this group. It really yeah. gives us a helping hand. Yeah. Lons at home as well, so PSV got quite a good draw there. Yeah, meaning Lons only have now one home game left, and that will be against Sevilla. Yeah, um, and we have two in a row now. So not only is that result um, just 
puts us ahead of everyone else. It means it now sets us up for the next two games to qualify. Yeah. If we win those next two games, then we're through, I think, top as well. Yeah, exactly. It's it's all mm. about getting first place, right? We've been saying that yeah. all along. We've got to finish top of that group. Um, so it's all about getting first place. And the sooner we get that first place, the sooner we can put this to bed and not worry about it. I don't want to go. We don't want to be going to PSV1 and get something. No. Let's go there being able to field a lot of the fringe players and come back and, you know, get, yeah. get the league. That's that's the big part. But I, I actually, I know we've had a little discussion about this. I actually felt like we were pretty much always in control of that game. I think the mm. only shot they had on target was the shot from the corner. Um, even Even when we decided to sit back and defend, which I didn't really like. Um, but even when we did that, I think their only effort was the overhead kick, right? That went wide because they had the one that pinged off the bar, but he was offside. They had another clear header that he, oh no, that was, was that the handball? Or was that the offside? It was either handball or offside. And then there was the header over the top that was offside. So they really didn't have many. There was chances. a good chance in the first half. It was quite soon before, it was before we scored. Yeah, before um, we scored, yeah. Where we put it just wide of the right-hand side, um, right side of the post. Yeah, just why I think Ryan did look beaten to be honest. So if he'd been a little bit more precise, it probably would have gone in. But um, that you're right, that was it really. Um, I didn't think we were, I wouldn't say in control in the first half. I think they were a little bit more on us. But I thought after Martinelli's goal in the second half, we were much more in control. I thought I thought we were playing the ball better. I thought we were moving it around better especially um, by the second goal. Yeah, and, and Jesus was just absolutely oh, Amazing, yeah. Absolutely amazing. spectacular. I mean, that, the first goal, right? So it's, it's, it's Gabriel, it's Big Gabby that wins it at the back, right? Mm. So Gabriel, just, it's just a clearance. It's, it's mm. absolutely just a clearance. And Jesus does brilliant to bring it down. He's going back. He's got a defender either side of him closing in. And that Cruyff turn to send two of them the wrong way was absolutely fantastic. And then in the same instant to see the run of Martinelli and play that pass, that is world-class forward play. That was absolutely unbelievable. Henri did a really good analysis of that in the um, post game on um, for the Champions League. And uh, he was talking about how that was just classic number nine play. He said it was the way that he had convinced those defenders to move one side and then turn them in and play Martinelli through, was he said, was absolutely brilliant. He said, of course, Ramos should have probably anticipated Martinelli's run better, but it was the way that Jesus had dummied that. I like it basically pulled the wool over their eyes in the way that he turned that was magnificent. It was brilliant to watch. We know he has that in him as well. We know Jesus is a class player. Um, but that was some of the, you know, some of the stuff we've missed when he's not around, and um, and hence and, and also Martinelli because the run he still had a lot to do, it's, he had a lot of time to think, and sometimes when you have a lot of time to think, you can make more mistakes. And I think he took that brilliantly. I was very confident though. I mean, when someone mm. runs through on runs through on goal like that, I think that Martinelli might be the one I'm most confident in. Running yeah. through on running through on goal like that, I thought his control was fantastic. That ball was never out of his reach. The finish was superb. And two minutes earlier, well, not two minutes, actually about five minutes earlier, he'd had a very similar 
chance, yeah. the one-on-one that he hit the goalkeeper with. But the goalkeeper was out quick with that one. And he mm. really didn't have he really didn't have any space, so he couldn't open the angle up. Whereas this one, because he was running through, he got to open the angle up and put it into that far corner. But I never had any doubt that was going in the net as soon as he ran through and got onto it. Yeah, and I don't know, you can maybe correct me this, but I don't think I've ever seen Martinelli go round a keeper. I, no, I, think you... I was, you know what, I was thinking that because yeah. I was thinking the one that he hit the goalkeeper with, I think the, I don't think he could have put that past him first time. Mm. I think the only way would have been to go round him. And I was thinking yeah. to myself, go round him. And he doesn't do that very no. well. But um, no. he did it well this time. So that's why I was more, I was quite impressed because he took, he he took to do, he did something that he does not usually do. No, and he, he paid created that angle and straight past him and, and in. It yeah, was, uh, it brilliant. was a fantastic finish. Brilliant. It was. And then the second one was Jesus playing his street football, right? He, he gets the boy over on a corner. Yeah, marvellous. He'd, he'd done this in the, he'd done this in the first half as well. Mm. Um, and it left everyone on the back post screaming, you know, why didn't you cross it? And mm. I've never got a problem with my striker taking this this sort of shot on. I would, it's the sort of shot I want to see Jesus take on more. Mm. Um, and I thought it was an absolutely world-class goal. The way he cut back and then bent it into the corner. And the keeper had no chance of it. He couldn't get anywhere near it. It, it. it was magnificent to see. And it was great to see him score a goal like that. Also, it was what his performance merited because he was actually having such a good game that it, it you can see the confidence coming into him, hence the shot. Um, we, we've been criticised for not uh, having making enough chances. So, like you said, it's good to see him having a shot, having a go. Um, it was beautiful strike, beautiful strike. Yeah, and then we concede the one from a corner, which has been a problem for us over the last yeah. two years. Um, yeah. Going from being the best team in the league to one of the worst um, yeah. at defending corners, and it was good. It was a good header by Goodell. Um, you can't, you know, you can't argue with that. But again, it's another goal conceded from a corner and and you know the goals we concede Paz I, I, I've said this to you a few times this season we seem to get punished to the max it's it's yeah. one chance one goal um and it's not even like they're all easy chances they're not but this one was a it was a bullet header and it really they were showing nothing and and the game was dead at that point and all of a sudden they're back alive again yeah that that, that was the, probably the most disappointing part of the game was them them getting back in the game uh, because I thought we were controlling that game. But, you know, we I think we nearly had a third, if memory serves me correct. Um, I'm just trying to think of when that moment was, but I, I know we had another attacking possibility, perhaps to make it a third goal. Um, but about the one that Erdogan put over the bar. Yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So. You know, we we had that game under control. We were doing all the right moves. We were playing the right play. So it it was it was frustrating. And you know, you don't as much as Sevilla weren't that good. It's still Sevilla. You're playing away from home in Spain. We hadn't won there since Real Madrid um, and 2006, I believe. Uh, so you know, you're never talking about an easy game, regardless of what form is or regardless where they are. So you just then get that feeling in you that oh god maybe they're going to get it to 2-2 which would have been a real I I think more of a punch in the gut than the Chelsea result because we're leading and also that win does us a lot of good um so it was an unnecessary goal to concede but um you know I I think after that there was just that one scary moment which I'm sure you're going to touch on 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to touch on it now. I was going to look at a few things. Because obviously, this isn't a normal podcast where we delve deep into a game and look at what yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. It's more, you know, a quick wrap up and then and then looking at everything that's come out of it. And there's a lot to talk about at least yeah. two games. Um, so let's start there. Um, so in the last minute, Raya comes out. And funnily enough, on one hand, it's fantastic because he saves us. Because it, had he not come out to punch that ball, um, there's a tapping in the middle for Eric Lamella, of all people. But he doesn't. He comes out. And he gets his, what did he get on it? <laughs> I mean, it was kind of almost yeah. the knuckle of his thumb and it goes backwards over his head and drops onto the top of the bar. And I think in an isolated incident, you say, fair enough, it happens. I've seen the best goalkeepers in the world miss a punch, miss mm. punch a ball, whatever. Fair enough. You see it all the time. I think the problem is, is this is a culmination of a couple of months now of David Raya not looking very calm, not looking very composed and not really looking up to the task. I think he now on Saturday, right, against Sheffield United, he's going to look like Johnny Cole, right? He will be the calmest man in the building, spraying passes left and right. Fine, I don't care. The problem is, is that you then get in a big game and he looks like a ball of jelly for the first half. And this is a this is something that is repeating itself and repeating itself now. And quite honestly, I think we have a goalkeeping problem now. We do. And it's, you know, unfortunately, it's it's what a lot of the critics were anticipating could happen. Um, it, it, it looks like, yeah, look, he is on loan. I know strong possibility we buy him, but he is an option. So I don't feel that there's an obligation or an absolute pressure to continue playing him if that's what's happening. Ramsdale was dropped for... Yet, I can't figure out what he did. Maybe a few... He wasn't uh, David Raya. That's why he was dropped. He wasn't... David Raya yeah. was brought in to be the number one by Mikel Arteta. Right. And honestly, and, and... at this point, I don't know what David Raya would have to do to lose that. I don't know that David Raya can lose that job. Well, I think I think then, you know, whether... Irrespective of whether you regard... And I'm not saying you specifically, but people in general regard Arteta as a bit of a liar. It's not a good look, is it? To go out publicly... And then say, I, 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 we've got two competitive. We've got one position is competitive. Both are, are, no one is a number one, blah, 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 blah. And then you've dropped one for no real specific reason besides the fact that you brought another one in. And then when he has now shown in quite a few games that when it's mattered, he's, you know, a bit iffy. The distribution hasn't been what we thought it would be. Um, and you don't put Ramsdale in, it doesn't become a meritocracy anymore. And then I think we're all resigned to him leaving and I wouldn't blame him at all for that. But I I do feel, I feel he's been very hard done by. And the more I think about it now, the more it's making less and less sense that this happened. Um, The only caveat I'll put on it is we still have a way to go. And whatever people's feelings are, whether it's inevitable, fair enough. But there's still a way to go. There's still things that can change. And he is still an option to buy. He's not an obligatory buy. Yeah, I'm I'm worried at this point. And I, like I said to you, I'm, I'm a Ramsdale fan. I prefer mm-hmm. Ramsdale to Raya. I think Ramsdale's a better goalkeeper than Raya. But I do think you can upgrade on Ramsdale, right? I think there are better goalkeepers out there than Ramsdale. But are there? If we, Besides are, Edison and Allison, I don't know any. I don't know if there's any better in the Premier League other than those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think out there you can find a better goalkeeper. I just mm-hmm. don't understand. I think you've bought one that's worse. 
you can argue that maybe you've bought one that's marginally better but at very worst what you've done is you've you've taken one good to very good goalkeeper added another good to very good goalkeeper and that's all you've done and to me this is my whole point again about not buying squad players I don't think the team is better for this move I just don't I don't think it is I think if you want to go out and spend however much money you have to spend to get someone like Allison or, you know, the next Allison, however you want to do it, then I've got no problem with that. Then you go do it. I do not understand this move of buying David Rye because even if you think he's a marginal upgrade, I don't think it's anything at all. Yeah, and I'm I'm starting to think that too. I mean, I know Justin, and he can speak for himself when he comes, had a lot more to say about Rye. I, I wasn't too particularly informed on him. I've not really watched Brentford enough to comment. I know statistically it looks pretty good, um, but I, I just look at it from Arsenal's point, point of view. I did not. I know Ramsdale had a few moments last season. I know um, there were some moments when he cocked up, but this is a goalkeeper that, like with Raya, is expected to come out of his goal, is supposed to play from the back, is supposed to do certain things. He's 25, which is still really young for a goalkeeper. Um, they just renewed his contract recently. I don't know. Just it's just a strange, strange set of affairs, and I think maybe it's a, 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 a probably an indication that Arteta sometimes is overthinking situations that he doesn't need to overthink. Um, you know, I, 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 I just find it a very strange situation that goalkeeping thing, and I think a lot of people did comment. You can't have two goalkeepers interchanging. You can't sub goalkeeper. It just does not happen. It's kind of showing that it that is def, more or less the case. Yeah, and the Rams, the, the the Raya thing, I didn't get the first time around when we tried to put them. I've got a couple of friends who are Blackburn fans, and that's where Raya was before he went to Brentford. Mm. And they said to me, he's all right. You know, mm. that's it. He's all right. He's nothing special. He's too small to be a goalkeeper, and he's nothing special, but he's all right. That's what they said to me. And I, I think they were exactly right. And I so I do, I was already, I'm already iffy on, Hannah and Arteta's choice of goalkeeper anyway. I've seen Runison. Do you know what I mean? And I think they got a little bit lucky with Ramsdale. And now I've seen Raya. And I I don't know. I don't really trust them when it comes to goalkeepers. I, I think goalkeepers are a different breed. I think buying them is more difficult. And I don't trust them to get it right. And I don't trust them after this to get it right. And it's not re- often I say that about Arteta because I think Arteta's been brilliant. I think this summer was... This summer was always going to be the most difficult summer, right? Because it was very easy to upgrade before. Now it's mm. not so easy to upgrade. You know, upgrading Shaka is a lot more difficult than upgrading Mustafi was. Mm. That's really what it comes down to. So this summer mm. was going to be tough. And so far, it looks like we've had a couple of reasonably big whiffs here with Raya and with Havertz. So mm. we're going to have to let it play out. We're only a third of the season in, so there's plenty of time to go. Um I guess the other controversy that's opening up a little bit now is Zinchenko and Tomiyasu. Um, I am a huge Zinchenko fan. There's no backing away from that. I understand why you would play Tomiyasu on a pissing down night at Stamford Bridge. Arteta didn't. <laughs> he did bring him on at half time, though. I gather Zinchenko might have a little bit of a strain. Um, he certainly didn't have a very good game. And then Tomiyasu, I thought, was really good. And then I thought he was really good again on Tuesday night. On Saturday, personally, if everyone's fit, I would still play Zinchenko. 
Um, that would still be my first choice. I think it's great to have Tommy Asu as backup, but I know a lot of people would like to see Tommy start there now. Uh, where are you? Um, I I I like Tommy Asu a lot actually. I I feel there's um I feel he's shown what an important player he is for this squad. Um, he's so versatile. Um, and um, you know, not forgetting as well his cameo role in the Man City game, um, where he uh did that great run as well. So I, I'd say start Tommy Asu, to be honest. I feel Zinchenko has not performed really. I, I don't think he's performed well at all. In, I thought he was I excellent thought, against Manchester City. I, I, I thought, thought Man City, really yes. Man yeah, City. he was. But again, it's, you know, 60 minutes and then he needs to come off. I, I thought he was really poor against Chelsea. He's missed passing. You know, some of the passing was just woeful. Um, and I feel he was right to be dropped. He also uh, I, had I the dreaded early booking at Chelsea, which didn't help. Yeah, that yeah, limits how tight yeah. you can get on Sterling and, and what you can do. So that didn't yeah. help. I think the sub was right. Um, and I thought mm. playing Tommy Asu on Tuesday night was the right thing to do. Mm. But for me, Sheffield United at home, if you're if if Zinchenko's fit for me, Zinchenko starts because I want another ball player on the pitch. Yeah, I I I, I can understand that point of view as well. But I also think that players should be merited by starting if they perform well and one is not. And She's fair. I, I think Tommy Yasu has, has deserved that chance. He's also very, um, uh, I, he, he, the way he worked with Rice on um, Tuesday was phenomenal. His, his understanding of instructions is really good. And it's not easy to do what he does where you actually are called upon to be a right back. You can be called upon to be a centre back, left back. Um, told different instructions. And I, I think he takes it on well. I'm a big Zinchenko fan, but I think you can play Tommy enough games and also play Zinchenko as well. And to be honest, Zinchenko really cannot play too many games in a row. We know that. He yeah. also can't play a full match either. So um, I, I'm happy with that situation. For me, that's far less controversial than uh, the goalkeeping one. Yeah. And then we've got, Partey injured again in midfield. No point yeah. even talking about that. We know it's going to happen. He'll come back <laughs> and then he'll get injured again. Then he'll come back and he'll get injured He'll come again. back against Sheffield United. And he, you know, you know it, at the end of the day, he should have been sold in the summer. He wasn't. And this is it. Yeah. This is what we're, just thank God we're not relying on him anymore, really. Because there was uh, Thank God we have Declan Rice. Been, I mean, yeah, we'd have been uh, you know, oh, yeah. man, he was, he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, and now the other bit that's becoming a bit of a worry Jesus is injured again. Um, yeah. Hamstring, he had a scan today, um, said they should find out the results tomorrow. You don't have a scan on a hamstring that's absolutely fine. I am a little bit worried about this. I, I don't see you have a scan on Thursday and then play on Saturday. I would be very surprised if he's in the starting lineup on on Saturday. Um, I'm hoping it's a short absence you know we've got Sheffield United and then we've got West Ham in the cup in the week don't worry about playing either of them just take the yeah that's what I was thinking back. I was thinking um, that as well so let's say that is the case up front I think he'll go Eddie I'm not sure I wouldn't go Havertz I I I I was I like Eddie I, I don't want to you know I, I know it seems like sometimes we hammer him a lot I was really disappointed with his cameo performance um, when he came on in that severe game. I, I, I just, there's certain aspects to Eddie sometimes, which is a bit frustrating where he, he gives up. Like there isn't that 
you know what Jesus does. Jesus will run and run and run. But there were yeah, times it's, it's urgency, was... right? Like Jesus yeah. has just got urgency running through his veins, and I don't think Eddie's quite got that. That's just doesn't. I mean, character. you can't have Sergio Ramos catching up with you when he's already in a game seventy minutes in, and he's like twice your age practically. That's it's just not. That's just yeah. not how it should be. And I, I, I would play Harvards at number nine. To be honest, I, I, that's my personal opinion on it. I'd give him a go at number nine. I think that's where he's inevitably going to be anyway, because I just don't think this midfield's going to work. So, yeah, uh, Harvards for me, but um, most likely he'll play Eddie. Yeah, yeah, it'll be one. It'll be one or the other. I can't see Trossard being tried there or anything else. I think. No. I think it'll be one of the two. Yeah, um, and that's that's really that's fair enough. So, overall, pass. What's your um, what's your feelings coming out of this week? So we are second in the we're second in the table. Um, I'm hoping that we can get up top this weekend because I think the teams around us have not Liverpool, but I think Spurs and you know uh, Spurs and Man City both have tricky games. Um, so how do you feel coming out of last week in in totality? Because I I actually I'm I'm okay with it. I feel I feel like yeah. the net positive last week. Think about it. we played three big games: City, Chelsea, and Sevilla. Two of those were away. Um, we've won two of them and drawn one. I, I I can't turn and and to be honest, not really set the world alight in all three. We've not been sensational. We've not been anything like what we saw last season yet. Um, so to be where we're at and have that week that we've had, you can't go away being too disappointed. Um, yeah, we we we're still we're still very much in third gear. Uh, so I, I feel we've got the big one out in that group, the most difficult game out in the Champions League group away from home. We've now got City out of the way and we've got Chelsea out of the way away. So it puts us in good a good position in the Champions League for sure to qualify now top. And in the league, we're very much in the mix. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be a formality that City win it, to be honest. I think I think this it's going to be a little bit closer than people are thinking. Um, I think with Liverpool in there now, uh, I'm, I'm not counting Spurs. No, That's not because I, I don't I like Spurs. Free, just... I think it's going to be a genuine free horse race this season. I agree. Between us, City and Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, and I think yeah. we've got a good chance. I, I really do. I do. There, there's a, there, there is a character that we have. There is a an aspect to our play where we, we do dig in and I, and that's something I feel is really important and maybe plays a big part in, in how our season pans out. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, mate. Well, thanks a lot for tonight. Um, we will be back Good again man. tomorrow to do a, uh, Sheffield United preview. We wanted to, we wanted to break it up and get, a, get one part out at least, um, as early as we can. Cause we know we kind of, uh, let ourselves down, let our families down, <laughs> let our friends down, let you guys down by not putting anything out last week. So we do a let ourselves down. Yeah. So, all right, mate. Well, thank you. Good night and good night, everybody. And I will speak to you again tomorrow. Goodbye. Bye bye. Yes.